My guest today is Phil Stradzula. It's a very interesting episode that I uh, recorded with him because there is a mixture of information that you get with regards to entrepreneurship, with regards to HR tech consulting, and what you want to do in terms of business model that you want to have for your uh, consulting business. So do you want to stay a solopreneur? Do you want to have a team? Do you want to sell projects in which you are hands-on or do you want to actually sell a software? It is very interesting what uh, Phil has built with Select Software Reviews. And I uh, definitely think that it will be uh, of high value for any listener. If you like the episode, please, please let me know what you uh, think. I am uh, always available on LinkedIn. My name is Diogen Tirandekoura, or you can send an email or a review to info at erphappy.com. Consulting Lifestyle Podcast is a podcast that is available on uh, all major platforms, so uh, Apple, Spotify, for example. So don't hesitate to also uh, write a review on it. So I am uh, looking forward to have your feedback. But first of all, let's listen to Phil Stradzula. Welcome to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast. I am your host, Diogen Tirandekoura. On this show, you will discover the realities, the successes and the struggles of business management and information technology consultants in the fast-moving B2B world. So stay tuned if you want to know more about what it takes to have a consulting lifestyle. Hello and uh, welcome to the Consulting Lifestyle, Phil Stradzula. Phil, how are you? I'm doing well, Dio. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, thanks. I'm excited and very interested to uh, to have you, uh, Phil. So you're the uh, owner of uh, Select Software Reviews. I would like uh, you, uh, for the audience first, to start by sharing your uh, the most important parts of your career story. Sure. Sounds good. So I sort of, as a random aside, started investing when I was 12. I've always been interested in investing and I, I spend still about 20% of my time just partnering up with interesting opportunities. I'm actually about to do a deal up in Canada, uh, not quite in your neck of the woods, but more Manitoba-based. So that, that's something I've always been interested in. When I graduated from college, I started my career off working in venture capital doing early stage software investing. Uh, Shopify was actually one of our big investments when it was a, a small team. And then went to Harvard Business School to get my MBA, taught myself how to program because I wanted to start a company. And I started a small HR technology business that about two years ago, I hired somebody to run for me as sort of a general manager, had a lot of extra time. And so I wanted to start another business. And I personally love to learn. I love to teach. And a gap in the market that I saw is that HR teams were really struggling to find and buy the right software. There's a lot of different tools out there for anything from payroll to HRISs to artificial intelligence applications for sourcing talent, etc. And so I started this business called Select Software Reviews, which originally started off doing consulting work and working one-on-one with companies to help them to figure out what tools to buy, how to buy them, implement them, et cetera. And then very quickly turned into more of a media company where we write up a ton of what we think is the best research on the internet about HR technology. And then people come on and they read our research, they join our community they can ask specific questions. We actually have a number of consultants that kind of hang out on the website and, and can answer questions and, and pick up new business. And really now how our business makes money is not so much working with clients as consultants, but more as a media business would through advertising. 
um, and working with the different technology vendors themselves. So that's a, a little bit about myself. No, that's, uh, uh, that's amazing. And that's very, uh, very interesting. So you, you started at 12. Was that like completely random or you, you had a family member that uh, pushed you to uh, start to invest? So it was around the time of the 90s tech boom. And everybody was talking about stocks and how you could get rich <laughs> with stocks. And I was getting, you know, not so rich mowing lawns and teaching kids how to sail and, and stuff like that, sort of selling my time by the hour for four or five bucks an hour at that point. And my dad, I don't know why, had started investing in the stock market with his paper route money back in, I guess, the 60s. And I had that story in the back of my head. And I saw if you had some money, you could make more money by basically doing nothing but investing in stocks. And so my brother, who's a year younger than I, we begged our parents for years to let us open brokerage accounts. And we started begging them in 1995 around the Netscape IPO. And my dad's view was that the market was too hot and we'd get burned and have a bad experience. And so It took us until about 1998 to convince our parents to do that. We went to Fidelity, opened the accounts. I still have the same brokerage account. And thankfully, we listened to Warren Buffett in 2000 and, and got to cash. And so we didn't you know, go and get burned during that blow up and uh, have really just enjoyed investing ever since. My brother actually does it professionally as, as his job. And I sort of do it a little bit as a hobby and, and also, of course, as a way to create some side income. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's amazing. So, congrats, congrats to your parent, and uh, yeah, where uh, most kids are asking for playstations and toys, you are asking to have a <laughs> account. That's amazing. So, uh, teaching yourself how to program uh, at Harvard, why did you decide to uh, create an HR tech uh, business? You were always interested by that. I wasn't. I, I didn't know anything about <laughs> HR, to be quite honest with you. Okay. I don't even know if I'd ever worked at a company that had HR previously. <laughs> I, I was always interested in career paths. And so, you know, when I was a kid, I'd read about like, this person's the CEO of a company. And I was kind of like, how do you become the CEO of a company? Like, how do you become the number one person out of a company of 10,000 people? Like, that's crazy, right? And so I was always interested in that. I, was, I always believed that where you work and how you work has a massive impact in your entire life. And so I, I always thought that was really important. And so I guess on a subconscious level, when I started sort of hacking on stuff and, and making things as I was learning to program, I sort of naturally gravitated towards these career pathing sort of things that had real implications for human resources. And that's how one of my projects, uh, I saw an opportunity to actually make money off of it and turn it into a business by sort of making it an HR technology solution. I had no idea about anything about the industry. I remember going to my first industry conference out in Las Vegas called HR Tech, which has about 20 or so thousand people attending. And I was completely overwhelmed, had no idea what was going on. But over the course of a couple of years, got to learn the industry really well, got to build my own personal brand. I mentioned I love to teach. I started this series called Whiteboard Wednesdays, uh, which I would just kind of make a short video on LinkedIn. And so I, I immersed myself in it and even though it happened purely by accident. Mm -hmm. that, that's very interesting what you said, because you built a personal brand, you, you created content on LinkedIn, and I think it was at a time where there was not many people that are, still today, there are not many people that are producing content on LinkedIn, but even less now, at the time where, where you were doing that. 
because for consultants, so in the audience, we might have a human resource consultant that is listening, but we mostly have solopreneurs, employees of consulting firm or employee or people that think about uh, becoming independent consultants. I think we have less uh, owner of different businesses, people that own different businesses. So you grew that uh, HR tech biz, and then uh, you have another business that is media. So it looks to me that you created what was a process, like how to... Uh, choose the appropriate HR software into a media company. So how did the idea of that transition came and uh, how do you enjoy that uh, <laughs> in terms of uh, lifestyle and in terms of uh, business model? Sure. So I'll answer your second question first. I, I love it as a lifestyle. A friend of mine asked me the other day, like, what do you want to do eventually? And I was like, I'm, I'm doing the thing I want to do eventually right now, which is very flexible, work from home, you know, I get up uh, 8 to 11, I have blocked off my calendar and I get a couple of things done that are really hard. I, I love that book, Deep Work, that you just sort of focus and, and really do the stuff that you need to make progress. Mm-hmm. I go to the gym, I have a couple of meetings, I can cook dinner, you know, it's, it's a wonderful lifestyle and it affords me enough income to do the things that I want to do. In terms of how it came about, I saw that there was a massive problem where companies were buying the wrong software for a variety of different reasons. I saw this problem getting harder as it becomes easier to create software and more vendors enter the ecosystem, enter the fray. And I also saw what companies like NerdWallet or Wirecutter had done in the B2C buying space. So NerdWallet is this amazing website that will do truly in-depth, unbiased reviews of credit cards or bank accounts or whatever. And you can really trust their advice. And the same with Wirecutter, which is owned by the New York Times. I was actually looking at uh, AirPods yesterday and I go to Wirecutter because I just trust them. They have journalistic integrity and there really isn't anything like that that exists in the HR technology space. You have websites like G2 Crowd or Captera that are sort of like Yelp for software, but I'd actually try to use some of those websites to diligence investment opportunities and found that there's very little signal. Most of the reviews are extremely positive. And when I dug into why that was, I found out that most people are asked to write reviews and are paid to write reviews by the vendors. And so when that dynamic exists, you're going to have positive reviews and those Websites can be a resource, but they just weren't that good, in my opinion. And so I saw this opportunity. I saw it aligned with a bunch of things I like to do. And so I started a, a website. And to be quite honest with you, I iterated on what Select Software actually is today, probably about 15 or 16 times. And I've actually found like old domain names I forgot existed <laughs> like um, of, of iterations of what became this website because I had an, a broad idea of what this might look like. And I just, it took me a while to figure out what it should be. And, and those iterations uh, happened over how many years approximately? Probably 18 months. I was very quick with the iterations. Yes. At the same time I was doing consulting, I was making an income and that personal branding had allowed me to stumble, to be quite honest, into a very great consulting gig somebody reached out to me directly and said, Hey, Phil, we're going from 300 to 3000 people over the next 12 to 18 months. We need help with talent acquisition. Can you help us out? I said, yep, sounds great. I also got a couple of paid speaking gigs for more money than I would have expected because of these whiteboard videos that I just kind of threw out there on the internet. And so that afforded me the flexibility to pursue these more longer term, more scalable sort of business opportunities and also develop domain expertise that allowed me to be successful faster than I would have otherwise. 
Mm-hmm. I know you, you have answered only the second part of the initial question, but um, <laughs> one, I think one term that is important is the scalability. As a consultant, what type of uh, issues you have faced in, in order to scale? Were you completely solopreneur or you, you had employees with you uh, or partners with you? I was a solopreneur. And the reasons are just because it aligns with my personality. I wanted everything to be super high quality. I have a lot of trouble trusting other people (laughs) with Mm, work, especially when there's a client involved. When somebody gives me money to do something, I just feel such like a huge obligation to do a good job. And so it was really hard for me to ever think about scaling that business for me personally. Obviously, other people do it. They do it very effectively. And so for me, these sorts of things, as well as the stress of dealing with clients, really said to me, hey, Phil, this probably isn't like the best lifestyle for you. And it gave me a little bit more motivation to put the extra time into the longer term vision of creating select software, which is more of a hands-off business that we have clients, but we don't have deadlines every week. We don't have meetings with them all the time. We just you know, deliver them really great advertising opportunities. So I sort of you know, dipped my toe into the consulting lifestyle and realized it wasn't for me, given my anxiety levels and uh, you know, drive for perfection and thankfully found a different way to make an income. Yeah, excellent. And, and now uh, with Select Software Review, you said we, so it means that uh, you're not alone. Uh, That's true. Yeah, we have uh, probably about seven employees mm-hmm. and we're, we're growing a bit, trying to hire a few more as well. So it's, it's a small team. We're in sort of a, a small niche, but HR is, is slightly larger niche than I think a lot of people realize when I first tell them I run this you know, teeny tiny website for HR people to find the right software. Most companies have an HR department, so right. uh, and um, th- that team is mostly made up of uh, content creators or HR specialists. So yeah, there's content creators. There's somebody now that runs our community. So we have this really great place where people can ask questions and answer questions. A lot of them, to be quite honest, are consultants that are in there asking and answering questions for their clients. We have created our own software to manage different parts of our business, including search engine optimization, customer management, invoicing, things like that. We created through mostly no-code tools, a very bespoke sort of process. And then a lot of our team is focused on research and content. Mm-hmm. No, excellent. And I assume also that it's uh, like an, there is no office or something <laughs> for your company. There is no office. I'm standing yeah. in my kitchen right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would have been surprised if there was one. So we talk about a, a scaling and we talk about a media company. You got your credential, your credibility to, to become a, someone that will review HR software. You gain it through the content that you were producing on, uh, on LinkedIn? That's right. That was the initial sort of spark for me. I, I think I'm unfortunately somebody that probably has a little bit of imposter syndrome in general. However, I was talking about this stuff And people really listened and they shared it and they said, hey, this is insightful. And it gave me a little bit of spark to say, hey, maybe I could do this on a a more global basis. And and when I thought about it, I was like, you know what? Like, you know how to program. Not a lot of people know how to program. You know how software companies work by investing in software companies. You know how they work from starting a software company. And you've bought over a million dollars worth of HR software alone. So why not you? 
And when I realized that, I said, okay, now I need to learn about SEO and media and advertising. That was really the next step in the ladder to become successful in this new business. But the wonderful thing about today's world is that if you have the motivation, you can learn, you can become an expert on something like that within a year or two of talking to the right people, reading this, the right stuff online and really focusing. Totally agree. Uh, and something that comes back regularly in your answers is the, the fact that you, you, you self-teach uh, a lot because you, you did not maybe use your consulting Uh, revenue to pay other people or to, 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 to pay some assistants to, uh, to do the SEO for you or to do all the other functions for you, right? That is true. I think that is a strength and a weakness, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah. I think if you want to start a billion-dollar venture-backed company, you can't be so hands-on. You have to delegate. You have to hire a $300,000-a-year CTO and all these people. But If you want to build a small company for yourself and own the whole thing and have a great lifestyle, in my opinion, you have to learn it yourself because you're not going to get an amazing SEO consultant for less than $300 an hour. Mm -hmm. It's just not going to happen. You're going to get somebody who's a B plus and B plus at SEO is terrible because if you're not number one in Google, you're zero. And so I saw that dynamic and I said, okay, I've got to do this myself and figure this out for myself. And now I can bring people onto the team and train them on specific tasks and I can get some leverage and start to scale my time. But you're right. I, for better or worse, I sort of have this learn it yourself ethos. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, maybe one of the last question is uh, the typical, if there is one type, but uh, the typical HR software buyer between 10 years ago and today, uh, has it changed? Has this buying cycle changed? The buying cycle has changed a lot actually in the last, I would say, 18 months. So it's kind of mm. funny is like we had this huge bull market, right? From 2010 through the beginning of the pandemic where mm -hmm. the unemployment rate kept going down and down and down to record lows. And there was so much pressure put on HR and talent acquisition teams. And some of these teams did change. And you had teams at Goldman and McKinsey and also unicorn companies like Stripe or Airbnb that had really phenomenal people teams that just sort of got it and they had a very business mentality. And then I think there was a change throughout sort of the rest of the teams where you either had new people coming in or you had existing leaders that were upskilling and being more business-minded, being more technology-minded, et cetera. Um, however, even pre-pandemic, I don't think there was the digital transformation that happened in sales, marketing, every other part of the enterprise. The last 18 months has changed a lot. And you can see this in the venture capital funding in HR tech. You can see it in the companies that are becoming unicorns that are new startups. Uh, you can just kind of feel it in the air. And I'm really interested and excited to feel it when I go to HR tech this year in Las Vegas. The buyer is much more sophisticated. They're more aggressive. They can implement better and they can capture and evangelize that value throughout their organization to say, hey, we had this problem. We solved it with tech. Here's the outcome give me more money to do the next thing versus 10 years ago where it was, Hey, uh, we need to buy this thing because I heard about it at a conference and then I buy the wrong tool and I screw up implementation and we wasted 50 grand and we're locked into a three-year contract. Uh, and, and so give me more money, do the next thing. And the CFO says, 
heck no, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. So it, it's changed a lot. It's changed for the better. And you're seeing this virtuous cycle kick off where the HR tech vendors are doing really well, which begets more venture capital dollars, which means they can innovate more, which means the HR tech buyers get more value, which means the HR tech vendors do well, more investment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's an amazing flywheel that I think is just getting kicked off. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great, and I, I believe what you say is not uh, not only valid for uh, the the HR tech industry. Uh, the buyers in general have become more uh, sophisticated. Great. So uh, that would be the the very last question before the last. Is uh, you talk about uh, you mentioned deep work as a as a book and the, the 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 importance of focusing. So is there any book that you read or anyone that you kind of follow to uh, be inspired and keep grounded into your uh, desire to be focused? Deep work is a great one. I personally can't stress enough the importance of reading Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People mm-hmm. that I think he wrote like literally a hundred years ago. Yes, but I've just reread it recently and. I am shocked by how true that book is. And it's such simple things, but you could read it every year for the rest of your life and still not internalize all the lessons. So I think especially as a consultant, you're dealing with pain in the neck clients, you're dealing with pain in the neck employees. <laughs> you're, you know, mm-hmm. It's all these people issues. And you unfortunately have to be really good at managing people to be successful in this business. And this book is just the Bible on how to do that. So if, if anybody's looking for like the next book to read, it's also really short and uh, it's really easy to read as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Now, the last question of, uh, of the, the interview is, uh, I wanted to ask you, and uh, we have uh, alluded to that. So for you, because you're on the show Consulting Lifestyle, for you, what does uh, having a consulting lifestyle mean? I think having a consulting lifestyle means that you have a lot of freedom and you get to learn a lot and you get to share your learning and and really make an impact on other people's businesses. For me personally, the the path obviously led to something completely different because there were just things about it that were really detrimental to my happiness. Mm -hmm. And I was thankfully able to take a lot of the things I was doing as a consultant, a lot of the assets that I built like knowledge and brand and turn them into something different. And so you know, that freedom translated into another type of freedom for me. That's just a, a much better fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect, Phil. Uh, that was a very inspiring and a very interesting interview. And uh, uh, for sure, we will try to uh, get in touch. I'm going to follow a bit more what you do on uh, on LinkedIn and uh, and share that as well. So uh, thanks very much. It was a very good interview. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. And if anybody wants to learn about HR tech, check out selectsoftwarereviews.com. If you're a consultant in that industry, please feel free to join the community or reach out to me on LinkedIn. Yes, indeed, indeed. Uh, and I uh, will put uh, the links that you have uh, mentioned in the, the show notes as well for the listeners. So uh, thanks. Thanks very much, Phil. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast. Leave a review on iTunes if you have enjoyed the episode and subscribe to the podcast so that you get notified to hear other episodes with your host, Diogène Tirandekoura.